said second. All right. Yeah. All right. And we are back with another episode. Thanks for joining me in the far side of midnight. I have a familiar voice. I have Steve Lamoth from S Lamoth on YouTube. And if you listen to the episode Angels and Demons, I think it was like maybe, I don't know, three episodes before. <laughs> um, you can hear Steve and I chatting about the left hand path, man. It's pretty cool. So, and he is back. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. So, uh, let's chat about possession. It's a pretty cool subject, man. I mean, it's something that um, I have always been a paranormal nut my whole life, man. And whenever I hear stories about spirit possession, demon possession, my antennas go way up. I first saw the Exorcist movie when yeah. I was about seven, seven years old at my grandmother's house. One of the biggest mistakes of my life as a as a child because I had no idea, and I don't think my grandmother at the time understood the potency of that film <laughs> and what went into it. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? I think whenever whenever somebody thinks of like something like that, you know, they're always that seems to be like the number one move everyone seems to quote that I remember like that original Exorcist movie that like scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it really, it really is like, like, like the flagship of like possession films and literature. You know what I mean? Because it just, it's just something about it was just done so well. And, and I think, like, when I look back at it now, because I've only seen the movie twice in my whole life. I saw it um, when I was a kid, and then I saw it at the theater when they re-released it 21 years ago. Holy shit! Doesn't seem like that long ago, um, because I was, you know, I was too young to see it. Actually, I wasn't even born when the when it came out originally. But um, but yeah, when so when they re-released it in the theater, I was like, oh, I can go see this movie. This would be pretty cool, you know. And I saw it, and one of the things that hit me was the sound effects. The sound effects were very, um, they were very scary, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, you're right. You know, whenever people talk about demon possession or even spirit possession like one of the first things if not the first thing that they think of is the exorcist film with linda blair yeah. yeah and that and that was actually based on a, on a actual uh actual event mm -hmm. i don't do you know much about the the actual event i really don't know much about the actual event itself i mean i i've done um actually there's an article that if you look there i sent you like a few articles there um one of them one of them's a Reader Digest article, 12 real life exorcisms that actually happened. And if you kind of scroll down a little bit uh, on that site, you can see how they they got it uh, marked off by year in some of the cases. Um, that was uh, based on the um, I think that they, I think they took that one from the 1949 exorcism of Roland Doe, and mm -hmm. that's like where the author like got his like most of his information from uh, for that. So, pretty interesting. Um, and like, I guess the Catholic Church really, at some point, they really did perform exorcisms. I guess for like centuries. I don't know if they still do though. Maybe they still do underground. I don't. I don't know for sure, but. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, now I've 
again, I've, I've been looking through this list, and it seems like the more current ones that seem to, like, be taking place, um, like, after, like, 1990, it, uh. you know, it seems like, like, every time that an exorcism was done, like, they took it too far to the point that that person actually ended up dying in some case because, like, the they would end up taking like such like such extreme measures to um, like in the process. Like like there's one in here where they talk about the priest actually sat on the on the kid's chest and he ended up um, asphyxiating as you know um, in, in the end, basically. And then of really? course the you know priest is charged with murder for that because um, so yeah. I'm trying to find that one actually. It's uh, um, the uh, 2010 one of Christy Bamu, apparently, like two. It says, uh, is it Bamu? Bamu? I don't know. Um, it says, a Christmas Day 2010, 15 year old boy, Christy Bamu, was beaten and drowned in a bathtub in London by his sister and her friend in an attempt to exercise evil spirits from the boy, according to the BBC. Originally from the Republic of Congo, the pair tortured the boy with knives, sticks, metal bars, a hammer, a chisel, until he begged to die. The pair were convicted of the boy's murder. It's pretty intense. It sounds very, very intense, actually. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a horror movie in its own right, you know? Right, right. Now, um, in some of the cases where they did end up getting better, a lot of these were, um, again, like the more recent ones were treated with, you know, psychiatric drugs, and then, uh, you know, they came out pretty good in the end. Um, the uh, the one I was just talking about, the one where the boy was suffocated, it says, um, I'm sorry, let's see. Got to be oh, a no, bad this, way to no, go. No this, is, no, this is a different one. Romanian nun, nun Marisisa uh, Arena, uh, who was 23, she began hearing voices, thought that the devil was talking to her. Although she was treated with forced schizophrenia, she relapsed and then was subjected to exorcism, bound to a cross, gagged with a towel, and then left in a dank covenant room for three days without food and water. She died of suffocation and dehydration. Um, CBS covered the story for the case. And it didn't say anything what happened as far as like, you know, the person who tried to do the exorcism, but Whoa. Yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 it seems like people just seem to be taking like more extreme measures for these types of things rather than, you know, Hey, is it really just a mental condition? Can you like take them somewhere and you know get the treatment that they need, or do you really need to like drown them in a bathtub? Yeah, I mean, it it, it also sounds like it could just be like like an excuse just to like abuse people, like like you said, like to just to abuse people, take advantage of them for power and whatnot. You know what I mean? Because like I mean, there's lots of stories I've heard of you know like a hundred years ago or or more where someone might be. They might be a little bit out of the out of the status quo, out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Like uh, the first person that comes to mind, which is not a hundred years ago, but 
uh, Paulo Coelho, the author of The Alchemist, you know, mm -hmm. when, he was, when he was a kid in Brazil, he grew up in a Catholic family and um, his family wanted him to be a priest. So when he told his family that he wanted to be a, um, an author and write books, they thought that he had a mental condition. They thought something was wrong with him and they took him to psychiatrist and he was, you know, like a little kid getting shock therapy and things like that because it was so radical for him just to think a little bit different from his family. You know what I mean? And there's lots of cases of innovative people, you know, throughout the ages that were tortured and just abused because they were just innovative. They were different. They weren't necessarily possessed. If anything, I mean, at, at one sense, you can say in one sense, one can say that they were possessed. Like I know, like I like the word spirit means breath, right? Like from Latin spiritus, mm -hmm. you know? So um, the word inspiration comes from that. It's like saying we have a, we have a spirit of a muse technically, you know? So um, that's one way of saying a person's possessed. You know, I'm an artist. I can say, Hey, I get possessed with spirits all the time. And I want to paint and draw and do kung fu and things like that but of course the average person is going to hear that and think like you're just fucked up you know you're just you know doing something or whatever you know that's that you should be doing but um yeah i don't know it just it's kind of interesting though um people would get you know abused and tortured just for being for being different for not being like in you know with the church or anything like that well i mean it's, i guess it's not unheard of i mean you know we're talking about the church <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let me ask you this we'll get into that, though. <laughs> that's a that will be a topic for another episode but let me go ahead and ask you uh and start kind of throwing some questions at you you know getting your getting your opinions and your thoughts on this so what exactly is like what causes a let's just start the topic with demon possession specifically demon possession because uh you know, you, you work with the left-hand path, so one could say, mm -hmm. um, you know, demons. I, I call demons demons, but, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but, like, the goetic spirits, they're not really apt to possess people, right? So what? So when a person is really, le in a legit way, being, quote-unquote, possessed, what exactly is happening? I mean, I have my thoughts about it, but I want to hear, like, what your what your thoughts are. I... I I've never actually been in that situation, so I don't know. I mean, I know I know some people in left hand path that that um, practice um, possession, you know, regularly. Um, my understanding is that you know, invocation is actually a sort of, in a sense, a sort of possession because you're sort of bringing that spirit into you mm -hmm. to have them manifest, you know, mm -hmm. through you and whatnot. Um, I've never actually taken the point of possession, though, but I know other people that have. And, you know, and that's, I guess, kind of like where I'm kind of stuck at on the subject of, you know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Because we all see all these stories in Hollywood and we all read all the stories in the papers <laughs> that possession is a bad thing, apparently. You know? <laughs> um, but then, the people that I do see it, like through channels, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen them in person do it, so I can't I, I right. really put my finger on yeah. it. They say it's happening, but again, I don't know. Um, but um, 
my understanding from some of them is that you can allow that position to take place for a certain amount of time and then you want to expel them at that point because you don't want to give them too much free reign um but apparently they seem to get a lot of like a lot more gnosis during that time during that time frame mm -hmm. um they come out like just they seem to be knowing things that they didn't <clears throat> quite know before um so yeah i'm, I'm kind of stuck on that so okay I mean that's I mean I mean that's kind of like uh, I mean the way I'm I'm thinking about it right now with that description is kind of like inviting someone in your house from like a shady side of town to come in and give you some <laughs> come in and give you some information on something <laughs> and then they leave for a little bit but like they come in for like maybe twenty minutes and they're like chilling with you in your sofa telling you the secrets of the universe and then they depart <laughs> you know. We're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. We share some information with you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I don't, I, I don't have any experience with anything like that, you know. Um, and I have, I will admit, I have, I have reservations with that, only because I, I, I have done stuff in the past where i have come in contact with let's just say like non-physical intelligences you know i don't talk about them that often these experiences but i have my own storehouse of experiences like that and based on those experiences it, it gives me sort of like a um like a cautionary wall to not do that not that i would tell someone else not to do it or to tell someone to do it, but it's not even really Hollywood movies at this point, even though I brought up in the beginning of the, the show so far, the exorcist, <laughs> you know, but, um, so like I, when I think about what spirit possession is, I literally think of because the human being is a, not just a physical body, but we're, we're really consciousness and we have several layers. There's like several layers to the human being. In, in my view, you know, there's like a mental layer. There's like an emotional layer and um, obviously physical consciousness, consciousness, which is unbound. And there's like this several energetic layers to us. And those layers are always changing. And being that we're like all of our aggregates are like that, this world that we inhabit is also like that you know like we have physical planet obviously we're on planet earth but we also have um you know etheric and astral things that we don't see but we can feel and perceive them if we're kind of tuned into them so that's kind of like a very brief view of how roderick sees the universe basically in a sense and based on those kinds of laws it makes sense to me that some other like entity could enter the vessel of you know a human being like i i see i see a very big possibility of that under cer uh, certain circumstances maybe you know like uh, one of those circumstances might be will you know like if a person willingly says you know if they're channeling or something and they're like come inside me come in or whatever <laughs> and then the spirit does and then they might end up, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken to like real 
actual shamans who have had experiences like that in their life and they were they would like talk about it to me openly like what what was going through their mind and stuff like that i've never had any possessions personally you know i've just but i've had things where i've been very close to non-physical entities like ghosts and whatnot you know and then psychedelics and stuff like that and you you know your awareness gets to perceive these things like up close you know so um judging from my own experience experiences like that i can see that this is very possible <laughs> you know it's very possible that someone could like use their will their willpower and call in an energy and an energy can like temporarily or long term you know inhabit their vessel somewhere you know right now yeah. um yeah like uh, as i was saying you know i've, I've seen other or i've heard from people in like the left-hand path community you know stuff like this happening um for instance um I mean, I could, I could, like, I could give like actual names, like Barbie Garrett, Jess Garrett's wife. Um, apparently, she. My understanding is, this is how she came up with the product of slut water on her website or on their website. Um, and I, I guess she had a possession with a star cave for like a couple days, and apparently, this recipe was shared with her during that time. And when she came out of the possession, she started you know, making this stuff. But uh, it sells like tremendously well off their website too, um, along with some other products, you know. And and for to me, for uh, an individual to come up with something like that, it's like I think that there really has to be some type of transference of information somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, you know, it's, it, because, like, you know, again, you know, you look at the writings of E.A. Kuwaiting, you know, in his first completed works. When I go through and I read the book, and, you know, I read the information, I'm like, well, he's got to get the information from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I know that he he talked about possession a lot. And, mm -hmm. you know, inviting in entities. And so it's like, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it really is happening. Because uh, to me... And, and my understanding regarding demons is, you know, one of the one of the reasons why they help us so much is it helps in their ascension as well as ours. So, um, and I think it probably also has to do with there has to be like a connection for the two, mm -hmm. and that might be like why some possessions turn out bad for people and some possessions don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like like the practitioners that are like, you know, they're getting this gnosis and information, and then they're they're writing that material down and they're sharing it. Obviously, obviously, there's there's connection there between that spirit and that practitioner that was beneficial. Well, you know, between them. Whereas, you know, again, we look at you know the the example of the exorcist. You know, apparently, you know, there there wasn't connection between those like two individuals. Um, maybe kind of like you know the body trying to reject i don't know uh, i'm maybe i'm kind of reaching there uh, um you know, or something like that but um it, it, it to me it, it is a very interesting subject i have yet to like really delve a lot into it but you know you always hear about things like golf sessions as well like 
through um, media like Annabelle, for instance. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of us know the movie Annabelle. I haven't watched it myself, but I have a friend who's like, man, that movie's fucking creepy. You know, so. it's pretty creepy. I, I've se- I've seen I think, yeah, I've seen the first two Annabelle Annabelle films. Yeah, they're 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 pretty pretty fucking creepy. They yeah, really were, yeah. That's, just, that's, that's not what the doll looks like. The actual Annabelle doll looks like a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I have yeah. seen that. Yeah, that was just a case of Hollywood making it look more, more menacing. But even a Raggedy Ann doll, knowing that, knowing the story behind it, it looked creepy to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have a story for you, man. A brief story. So like, um, I knew this uh, young lady uh, for a few years now. She's a friend of the La- Lakota shaman woman that I know. She's like a mm-hmm. she's like an auntie figure to, to me, you know. And I went over. So this this uh, young lady I know. She's um, she does tarot and everything, tarot readings and whatnot. Real nice, very very sweet person. Um, I went to her house with one of my friends maybe three years ago or so and in her home very beautiful house you know but in her family room area she has a piano like a like a medium-sized piano and sitting at the piano facing a little bit away from it is this creepy doll oh man it, it looks like it reminded me of annabelle it's like a the doll was about the size of like i would say like a six or seven year old you know like a little girl wearing his old dress and just seeing it there just really creeped me out, man. I was like, I remember seeing it, like walking past it. And I was just like, I literally got a chill, like looking at it. And I didn't see the face because it's kind of turned away a little bit. So you can see mostly like the, like a three quarter view of the back of the head. And it's wearing this dress and has these like kind of cloggy looking shoes on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I was, from what I understand, my friend that, uh, was there as well, um, he does. He's been. He's actually been on, on the podcast, maybe like earlier this year, maybe back in February, March, something like that. But um, anyway, he uh, he did some kind of ritual at her house, and he actually advised her to get rid of the doll because it was like an old family heirloom. Like I'm not saying it was possessed. I don't know if it you know if it was or if that's a part of the, its story. I just know it was a very creepy doll very creepy like annabelle creepy because <laughs> like, I, I kept having this thing in my mind of like man imagine sleeping over here or something and like walking past like you know say she had like a party of a bunch of people came over and then you're walking like in the middle of the night to go get something to drink you see this doll by the piano <laughs> it just looks really creepy but uh she got rid of it though like there she actually yeah it's no longer a part of their house <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yeah. Doll, doll, some dolls just creep me out like clowns do. And clowns are just. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, clowns, are yeah. clowns are like, you know, like like lure people into the woods and kill them. You know, like, oh, Jump my God. <laughs> 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 they are, man. They're very creepy. But like, um, so dolls can be possessed, I guess, right? Like, how do, how would that work? Like, is it like sort of energy attachment or something? Or probably, I mean, um, there's a. Let's see here. I'm gonna kind of move over. 
trying to figure out which one it was that I shared with you in that link there. Uh, all right, let me see if that's there. Okay, if you see that first link that I shared with you, the YouTube.com. Um, yeah, I see it. P-S-A-N, whatever, N-A-N-X-E. Now, that's like 10 real-life, like, possessed dolls. And they talk about Annabelle in that one, along with some other ones. Um, there's Robert the doll that apparently is, like, in a museum. And people, they say, like, if you take his picture without his permission... Like bad things just happen to you, and they seem to have like a lot of <laughs> like a lot of mail comes in into that particular museum saying like Robert, I'm sorry, um, please take it, please take it back. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of people writing sorry letters or <laughs> taking his picture. You know, um, there is a Okiku, the Japanese doll. That apparently, like the hair, oh, man, that, that just sounds creepy. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like a little, like a little geisha, like doll, like you know, maybe. Well, at least that's what they portray, like about Yay Big. Um, maybe like a little over a foot tall. They say that um, the hair continues to grow on the doll. Like at one point, it was like very short, uh -huh. and then they noticed that the hair just kept growing and, and growing. You know, even though that the hair was cut it would continue to grow um don't know what? why but you know a lot of these dolls that seem to find that they they mention have like actual human hair in them really so i'm wondering if that's not part of the reason why they're freaking possessed i mean i don't know that just makes it like all the creepier just knowing that i didn't even know that so yeah that might be one of the reasons why they it would be possessed and if it has like a human hair or, or bone or something within its construction you know huh. so the hair keeps growing i've never even heard of that one huh um and then there is like actual i got um one of those links is the last one i shared with you is uh in that that first video that you come to in that one they're actually doing a seance and um it's called the seance which if you like kind of move to like uh time frame like one like one minute 17 seconds to the seance which part it and this is like the, the guy art of kicks that i was talking about to you earlier he does like all these reaction videos um it has this group of people who are doing a seance to connect, to try to contact this person who had died and at one point in the actual video you can see like one of the actual members of like their face actually changes it, it has like a like a joker like grin and their eyes get like all dark and sunken and all that and it, it's actually caught on camera and it's just like like three or four seconds it's like real short but, but i mean it it's like the longest three or four seconds like you probably like will ever experience in your life 
And then wow. she goes back to normal, and you see like a moderator kind of like tap her out and like and pull her out of the sands because they think that you know she's going to be like a detriment to the to the operation, of course, because mm-hmm. um, you know she might be possessed or something like that at that point, which could obviously lead to a problem. But yeah, I, you know, I've never been in a seance, so I don't I don't know what the uh... <laughs> yeah I never have either yeah. Never played with Ouija board either, but I'd like to. I've done that. I've done that many, many times. Yeah. Many, many, yeah, many times in my life I have. Um, Any bad things happen? Um, <laughs> not like not. I haven't had an experience like uh, like the movies with it, but I. But there was one time I was playing with one, maybe over a period of a week or two. And I, I like I, I still to this very day don't know how it happened, but like I think there was so from my experience there was sort of like a ghost of some sort that kept coming around every time I would use it, you know. And then and then it ended up being where I just sort of um, kind of made it leave, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean I'm not much of, I'm not really much into necromancy and stuff like that. There was. You know, like earlier in my path, I kind of experimented with a lot, a lot of different things, you know, just to kind of um, try, try certain things, you know. And um, I, I don't want to be one of those people that are like, I am a clairvoyant and I can talk to spirits ever since I was seven years old. I'm, I'm not like that, you know. But I don't, I, I don't, I don't like talking like that to be honest. But I, I, I have some experiences that were personal. From doing stuff like that, and so I can I can clearly say yes, I have played with Ouija boards and spirit boards, and things did happen when I when they were used that were so close that it couldn't have been a coincidence. You know what I mean? Like I'm, this is even before getting on, yeah, like experimenting with psychedelics. So like, yeah, there is there is definitely like spirits and whatnot, non physical entities, non physical intelligences. Um, but my experience with the Ouija board, it was interesting, but let's just say like, I wouldn't really do that anymore. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not really about to. And the reason is because I don't really trust. I don't, you know, you know how, when you go out in public, you don't just trust anybody, right? You don't just go, you wouldn't go, you wouldn't go up to a, just a, a random stranger and just invite them to go live with you. If you don't know the person, you know what I mean? You just wouldn't do it. And I see it. I don't see it any different with the, like spirits, they the same way, you sure. know. And I, and I live in an, in a pretty clean neighborhood. But like I said before, we sort of recording. Um, I often, and I mean, I often see methods that were, are probably possessed with, like what what I call uh, astral parasites, you know. Mm-hmm. And it fucks with their heads and their awareness and the the human being the human soul isn't all there only partially there they're there just enough to live breathe eat defecate you know know where they're from know their names and then the rest of them are they're not they're not there you know <laughs> right so i don't know like that's that's my take on possessions basically stuff like that you know but yeah but you, but I, I still think that of course some again some possessions are probably just could be um, mental illness. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't have a doubt with that either. I just think that, um, I mean, I kind of have like a Tibetan view of, of even that. So like mental illness to me is like depression, anxiety, uh, schizophrenia, things like that. And there's 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 most definitely physical causes to that, you know, or whatever brain chemistry. I'm I'm not a doctor. Anybody listening to this right now, I'm not a, a psychologist. I don't have a doctorate in anything like that. So, you know, I'm not saying listen to me, but I'm just expressing myself here. But so part of me, but um, I think that when a person has um like depression or anxiety, like a lot of times it's linked to something in a physical you know what i mean like it could be hereditary it could be things like that however i do think that there's there are spiritual com components to certain mental illnesses now i'm not going to say like like in a new age community they, they say well if you have depression just hold this crystal and wish it away and it will go away or something like that you know like i'm not saying i'm not going to say that either you know but the tibetan view going back to what i was saying about that the Tibetans from the, uh, you know, bone, like shamanic tradition of Tibet, right? They they talk about, they talk a lot about spirit possession and mental illness and things like that. And they link it to certain mental illnesses and they link it to actual entities, actual parasites, actual things coming into the body and inhabiting and making a home there. You know, just like how we have, uh, like, coronavirus is a sentient being. <laughs> it's alive. You know, it doesn't have a brain, but it's a virus, and a virus needs a host to thrive. You know, so it's very much the same with, you know, astral or, like, lower astral and etheric uh, parasites as well. You know, they need something to inhabit. It's an intelligence. The universe is nothing but information and intelligence intelligences <laughs> so they need something to kind of inhabit so certain things uh you know how we have the law of correspondences and within like magic right right like silver for the moon and all kinds of different things that you that you can hook your mental energies to i think that um the astral entities and parasites and ghosts also are they're also drawn to certain correspondences within like living you know physical part of human beings as well does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to go on so long with that, but that's just. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Uh, you know, because I was reading Wikipedia a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I'm on spirit possession and whatnot, and and there's actually like a lot of societies that um, actually believe in it. Like, I think they were saying like over seventy four percent of like some 488 societies throughout our like planet um they actually believe that spirit possession is is an actual thing and in some cases good in some cases bad mm -hmm. um so yeah they were yeah they were talking about like buddhism on here southeast asia in uh, indonesia stuff like that uh i guess in buddhism people can be um the uh, possession i guess they see it as like animal possession in some some cases 
where like an animal form actually uh, possesses a person and will sometimes remain until it's like either appeased in some way or is uh, exercised. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I mean, that kind of, that that makes a lot of sense because in uh, I don't know what sect of Taoism and mystical Taoist traditions, but um, they talk about things like that. You know, like um, like channeling the spirit of like a like like a, the energy of a tiger. You know, to have more sexual prowess, <laughs> more physical strength. You know, or channeling like a like like a fox or a hawk or something you know there's different shamanic traditions like that i mean in um certain native american traditions they just call in english they just call it shape-shifting you know taking right. on yeah yeah uh one other kind of spirit possession that people don't talk enough about in my opinion is within the the churches <laughs> you know like the um the Bible Belt, you know what I mean? Like when they they speak in tongues or right. do some sort of like healing, they're they're technically. I mean, is that is that not some kind of spirit possession? I mean, it's a very controversial subject here, I guess. Right. I mean, uh, and it does have like Abrahamic traditions uh, on here. It does talk about Christianity, demonic possession, Old Testament, New Testament. I didn't quite get through that part. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess tongues seems to be like one of those common situations, you know, peeking up the green shit like pea soup, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, my name is Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I can, I, I can see it like right now. It's like, knock on the door. Hello? Hi, my name is Satan, and this is my brother Azazel, and this is uh, Asmodeus behind me. We're new in the uh, neighborhood. Uh, we thought we'd like uh, share a casserole with you. Like, get the fuck out of here! You know, oh man, that bitch just sprayed mace in my face. Oh god, get the fuck out! It's crazy, you know. And they're like running out, you know. And it's just like, dude, we're just like wanting to like possess your daughter for like a little bit, you know? Like, what the hell? Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but, oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, it, there was, uh, sorry, I, I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> I'm, no, probably okay. still, I'm probably still tired from like my OT like this weekend. No, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, that's kind of funny because I'm, where is it? Is that Disturbia? I found like this one website that talked about possessions through like, and it was just, oh yeah, Disturbia or something like that, I think. And this is, and these are like old cases. Like there's like nothing new here, but it seems like um, that, And it does talk about like the exorcism in a in a Eklund and a few other ones, but there's this you know, I don't know. They were talking about like how like some nuns 
had been possessed at some point, like throughout history, and then they found out that it was all a ruse um, portrayed by like the priest or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to like all happened in France too. I don't know why that is. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> out of all places, like why, like why France? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, les ruse, les ruse. We're going to fool them. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I think one of my favorite um, underrated, like kind of going back to the subject of cinema, portraying possession was uh, the Emily Rose. You know, the exorcism of Emily Rose. I thought that was a quite well done film. Even though the spoiler alert for all the listeners that have not seen the movie, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you something from the movie. <laughs> they they make her um, her possession as a part of. Oh God, I almost don't even want to say it, man. I want to ruin it, but you know what? Fuck it. They're not going to watch it anyway. They just want me to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because like some 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 listeners are not really into horror films, but they like hearing me talk about creepy stuff. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so they, because like you know, the exorcism of Emily Rose, it was supposed it was a supposed actual case that happened, but it it wasn't like in America it happened. I think and like I could be wrong. It's been many years since I've watched a film. Uh, I would say Hungary, somewhere in Europe, but um, it was a part like her being possessed was a demonstration of her as a saint. That's all I'm going to spoil for you guys. So her being possessed has something to do with her being an actual saint, like a modern day saint. So that so like seeing that really made me think about um, not the fake, not the phony cases or the ruses, but any of the real cases that might have gone under the radar over time. You know, but I don't. But then again. See, I kind of have a problem with that, though, because why would a here we here we go with the the G word, but <laughs> but why would an all loving deity of creation want someone to be possessed with a kind of a lower intelligence that's just going to torture the shit out of them, just to just for as a proclamation of how holy they are? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense to me either. So, yeah, I don't know. Um. <laughs> Well, didn't they used to just consider like spirit possession like the person was like unclean or they did something bad and that's like why they were suffering for something like that? I mean, like, most of the, yeah. like, like their like their the church's like explanation is like, oh, this person had impure thoughts and that's why they're possessed by Asmodeus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because in the Bible, like it's the you know the New Testament is full of stuff like that right you are not full of it but there's several examples in in the new testament in the bible where you know someone would come to jesus and say you know so and so is possessed this guy is cutting himself in a room you know sitting on the floor just like ah, cutting himself and (laughs) and then jesus would like talk to, to the spirits and say like who are you my name is legion for we are many and then he would just say, "Leave this person and send them into pigs." 
you know, and they would they would they would leave the the boy that was like contorted and cutting himself, and they would like go and jump inside the pigs, and then the pigs would, you know, run off a cliff and die. Like that's one. I remember that being one of the stories, you know. I don't know. Like I just I just kind of remember that. That's always like a. It's always reminded me of like a horror film, like that particular Ooh. scene. <laughs> where where did I hear? something about that now that you mentioned that i heard something about like demons possessing pigs and jumping off a cliff and that's why that's why they they deem pigs unclean to, to eat in christianity or like some christian base yeah you might have heard it from uh benini on my one of my on my episode we were talking about the bible you might yeah. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> he knows a lot of he he he's like he knows a lot about about like these subjects a whole lot, you know. Got to get him on here again and talk about possessions again at some point, you know. But um, yeah, because they're actually so like I mean I really do truly believe that there are uh, many different kinds of spirits. Earlier today, I had a conversation with uh, one of my best friends who lives in uh, kind of near your neck of the woods. He's in North Carolina though different state but um, kind of close and he uh, he has been studying the, the goetia for a while you know i think i've told you about him and mm -hmm. we were talking about he's going to hear this episode and be like he mentioned me <laughs> but um like we're, we were talking about you know different classifications of spirits because in the goetia you start well we we're, were talking about the the bornless ritual you know in the uh lesser key of solomon yep so uh you know how it's like a it's like a theoretical work where you call in the the bornless one basically like the highest highest power i guess there is in the universe and then from there like angels and then so yeah it's like the bornless one controls the angels and then the angels control the goetic spirits and somewhere in the middle is the the magician like that's kind of like how it sort of works and um even within the golden dawn they would talk about like a chain of command so to speak you know and like a hierarchical kind of de uh, description where they would say like there's like the big g god or whatever you want to call it <laughs> and then there's angels and then there's like um i wouldn't say that demons are lower spirits i wouldn't say that they that I, I wouldn't say that they're lower spirits at all to no. me a demon or a daemon would just be another class of uh astral intelligence that like resides in another realm not like another planet when i say realm i mean like a frequency and that frequency may be uh a little bit closer to like this frequency but still higher in frequency than like this one that we're on you know so we're in like 4d forgive me for sounding new age new agey <laughs> we may be in 4d or 5d as an example and then like demons or demons may reside in like a couple of levels above that you know but they're able to kind of traverse different places i think i mean that's kind of how i see them i don't know if that's my bad unscholarly way of describing them <laughs> no 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 that's right um yeah i kind of see demons more like i don't consider them lower spirits at all either um mm -hmm. again because you know they're um, as a lot of left-hand path magicians do, you know, we we obviously side with demons to begin with. 
uh, you know, we see them as our allies. And again, they're you know they're here to the more they help us ascend, they ascend themselves. Um, and so I actually kind of think of them more closer to, I mean, in reality, angels than anything else. Um, you know, when I think of a something like a lower like a lower spirit you know um not not to like get anybody mad but you know like um, <laughs> i think of astral spirits more like fairy like maybe fairies you know if you know that's your ideal like working with a with a spirit um I think that they're all like animal based. Uh, some are probably um, more associated with emotions, kind of like again in uh, Buddhism or stuff like that. Like in Buddhism, you know, the the term Mara means demon, and that that particular word is actually kind of exchanged. Um, there's like four different types of demons that they figure or that they they represent one one is considered like lower emotions or impure emotions like greed um greed hate and delusion and then uh there's a mara maras or demons that represent death and um then there's like a couple other ones whoops uh uh maras that uh that sorry yeah uh, Mara, Mara is like liberation from the cycle of rebirth i guess you know in other words they like want to you know get out of that cycle yeah that's the idea yeah buddhist cosmology is really interesting it's uh it's pretty consistent in mahayana i think on theravada uh i have a really long background with Buddhism before getting into like um, any of the Western ceremonial traditions and stuff, and um, <clears throat> coming across uh, Tibetan Buddhism, especially uh, I, although I was never a practitioner of, of uh, Vajrayana Tibetan Buddhism, but um, it's always fascinated me because I see uh, a lot of parallels in the Western ceremonial tradition that are very similar to um, you know Vajrayana Buddhism, like some of the rituals that that are done. And like hermeticism, and even even like what the the arts Goetia, you know, there's Tibetan rites that have to do with like, you know, inviting demons over to like like I mentioned the Chud the Chud ritual, you know, and all kinds of other different um, things like that. In fact, like the Dalai Lama, I don't know the name of the demon, but there was a particular demon that the tibetans within the dalai lama's tradition used to summon and the dalai lama gave instruction quite recently for them not to summon this particular entity anymore because he deemed it too ferocious <laughs> so, yeah yeah i mean I, I thought that was kind of interesting <laughs> like too ferocious yeah, like holy shit! Like, what were they, what were they summoning, man? <laughs> Come on, just so so. This is a demon. So this is, 
this is not Satan appearing with the casserole like welcoming you to the neighborhood, right? Kind of thing. No, no, <laughs> no. This is like this is this is like something that's like fucking. I, I it just sounds like this real like a beast that they would summon for whatever reason because there's so many different rituals that us as Westerners don't know about. And even to other Tibetans don't know about because there's secrets, you know, there it's it's um it's esoteric, you know, so it's things like you have to be initiated into by like high ranking llamas and things like that. And there's like necromancy involved in some of the right. There's it's Tibetan culture is extremely it's very, very mystical. It's like an extremely mystical, probably in my opinion the most mystical tradition in the east outside of some of the Taoist stuff from what i understand from what i've read you know they because like they do like work with all kinds of uh you know entities and and they don't they don't have as much of a black and white um like we do you know in the west we have like thanks to christianity you know we have like good spirits and we have bad spirits <laughs> in tibet they have like they kind of have it a little bit like that, but they're, it's more round. Like they have wrathful deities, and the wrathful deities are some of them that reside in your throat in Tibetan Buddhism, and you work with those. You know, you work with the wrathful ones, and you work with the like the you know Tara, Green Tara, and all that. You know, and and if you get high ranking enough, you can work with like demonic energies. <laughs> I guess. Uh. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure that. It, it it just sounds like any other magical tradition or any other mm-hmm. occult school. I mean, like I'm sure that there's like Golden Dawn and you know Crucians. You know, I'm not sure that they have like all sorts of rituals that don't get published in like these books. They're told like you can't publish that ritual because you know that's like a high ranking ritual or something. Like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that there's going to be stuff like that. You know, and that that's what it basically sounds like is, um, you know, you, you have to go through like so many steps, probably because they want to make sure that you're like prepared for it. Yeah, because they, I mean, there's a lot of caveats when it comes to, to doing, doing these types of things. And like, I think like one of the reasons why there's so much fear surrounding uh, demonic workings is because of religion has told us that. Hey, these guys are dangerous, man. They will fuck you up, man. They will scratch and claw at you and <laughs> make your voice super deep if you're a woman. <laughs> They'll be vomiting green green pea soup out of your mouth, man. And just like I'm sure I'm sure the exorcist man really, really did a lot of um negative press for any for I mean, can you imagine being in like nineteen seventy-three, being an adult that was like an occultist back then? here in the united states and and like wearing a pentagram pentagram around your neck and saying yeah you know i work with the ars Galatia, which is a solomonic way of working with demonic spirits back then when this movie was released imagine i mean i just think about that you know sometimes like the consciousness was so different you know than it is now people are a little bit more open to it and um in the early 70s like, what was that chaos magic was just, just kind of starting to kind of come about you know, thanks to Phil Hyde and Peter Carroll. But um, as far as, I mean, I think we were, I think it was like Poke Runyon was saying before, like the 60s and 70s, 
I think like the 50s to the 70s or or maybe to the 80s. I could be wrong. There was like a pagan renaissance, you know, and then after that, we're in like this other kind of post occult renaissance right now, I guess. I don't know. But um, anyway, yeah. So The Exorcist is a very popular film <laughs> and it makes demons look very scary. Well, what, what, what you were just pointing on there, that's actually kind of interesting because I was, I just started reading uh, the metaphysics of magic and uh, Bill Dubendek kind of mentions that in the first chapter, how the occult community has gone through kind of like a renaissance, like a, a French revival, basically, and we've kind of been in that for like quite a while. Um, the French Revival obviously, you know, starts like way back in like 1800s, but like, um, obviously when, like when the pyramids became like a big, like discovering the pyramids in Egypt and whatnot and all that archaeology was going on, there was like that revival that transpired into the occult community where, where Egyptology and Mesopotamian magic started coming more into play into like the occult community and we still have that today and it, it that revival is still kind of like moving forward um into our current day um but we we left what was known as the piscean age uh, and the piscean age had to do everything with emotions and purity and being clean and whatnot and we're now we're in the aquarian age where it's more intellectual it's more intellect and if you really look at um which i think what happened like around 2012 like when we kind of like changed that whole um way of thinking where we went from piscean age to aquarian age everybody thought the world was going to end in 2012 really what it was yeah. just doing was kind of like shifting from one form of consciousness into another and now that we're in that position it's like really anybody can get a hold of any of this information i mean there's so much of it out there on, on the internet that it's like it's almost saturating and and overwhelming for some people especially like new people coming in it's like well where do i start what do i do i don't i don't know and it's um it can be very confusing for for the new people stepping in and um yeah they they kind of need that guidance but yeah we're in that we're in that state where it's like everything is like i want to know more about x you know for instance uh people that practice hinduism like you know that have been practicing hinduism for like a long time um when they come across say like a pagan practitioner that has gone through like learning about hinduism and its practices it includes like maybe portions <clears throat> portions of that in their in their studies um in some cases like pagan practitioners actually know more about the religion and its practices in some cases than the, the actual hindu people do and that's just because it's just I guess based on that individual's um, idea for like wanting to learn more information to absorb that information, right? To become more familiar with it. Whereas obviously you see like other faiths, and and they don't and and they they don't take any kind of um, offense to it. I mean, obviously it's 
it, it's a good thing to know as much as you can about other religions and other faiths and all that. You want to be more tolerant and whatnot. But then, of course, you have these faiths that don't like the idea that you know more about their religion or where it comes from. And then, you know, I won't mention that particular one by name. Um, <laughs> I think that the audience knows exactly where you're pointing. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's true. You look at, like, a lot of pagans, especially left-hand path practitioners. It's like, yeah, we really know where your faith came from. We really know, like, what's going, you know, like, what it's mm -hmm. about and all that. And you try to explain that to, like, to someone who practices that faith. And they're like, no, it's not like that at all. And we're like, no, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you, you've just been told not, like, you've just been told where to go look for information that supports your view. Not, yeah. to, not to be open and and be um objective like in in that information so, confirmation confirmation bias is definitely encouraged in that particular religion religious <laughs> strain it, it really is i mean i i mean i i've gone to i've gone to places of worship of that religion wink wink before <laughs> <laughs> and i have been told what to believe and what to do with those beliefs and not to even question its beliefs <laughs> and to denounce the beliefs and practices of others which is yeah. why it never it never resonated with me because of that oh and here's another thing about their religion they hate gays they hate <laughs> in some cases women <laughs> oh man i mean i'm i don't know sorry i'm just going on and on about that but. Oh. No, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I, I saw something earlier online, like on a Facebook, like someone posted, someone from a Christian group had posted something, and it, and it showed up in my feed from another friend of mine who's who's not pagan, and um, and I kind of and it says something like, "We as uh, wink wink that religion." Sorry, I'm not <laughs> um, you know, should boycott people who disrespect us for. For our um, um, for our faith or something like that, and I was like, "Man, like, don't be hypocritical here." It's like, come on, you guys have been disrespecting other faiths for like over two thousand years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> on a dangerous level of that, man, and and, and this is the thing, because like. I don't have a problem with people being uh, a part of any religion. Like, like if you if it's on because like we only we only really engage with the, our own level of understanding, right? And you know, as a cultist, we're 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 always somehow somehow we're encouraged to be open and to information and to read. You know, like to practice like esoteric arts, occult arts. You know, you there's a lot of reading, a lot of researching. There's a lot, and so it takes being open to a lot of things. But um, like when I when I think about so sometimes sometimes I think about I I will entertain the thought of what I what Roderick thinks Christianity is supposed to be because um, it's I mean you know Jesus is not their founder by the way he was not a Christian <laughs> no, but, he, no he was a reformer of Christianity so. I mean, in reality, Christianity is um, like Paul, you know. 
is is not the Christianity of today is not what Jesus was wanting to reform it into. It's it's changed since then. Yeah, because like I I and I I pardon view uh, listeners. I'm not turning this episode into a, a episode about Christianity because I know some of you are like, here we go again. You know, we just left this religion a few years ago to get into this stuff. And here we are talking about Christianity. <laughs> but let me briefly say, um, you know, Jesus was much more of an occultist than he was a Christian, quote, quotations. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or a yogi. I, I often will refer to Jesus as a yogi because I, and you know, from my studies, I found that he, if he, if he did exist, because I know that there's that debate too. But if he did exist, if he was an actual person, I'll just put it like that way. It's likely that he might have went to India and studied a lot of the same arts that the yogis and people there do. You know, and I don't know that that's just the information that I've ended up absorbing over the years off and on and i'm like you know so i don't think jesus is a bad guy i just think some of his followers are cuckoo <laughs> so, i mean hey you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i'm gonna keep it real man like this podcast is not it's it's not meant for the sunday morning crowd it's it's not it never no. was no. so <laughs> you know we're talking about fucking spirits and possession and then bells above or whatever who cares you know it's like it's not meant for that so if you are from the sunday morning crowd you can go ahead and switch to another channel it's all good <laughs> and, i mean it, it, hey it's it, I, i'm not really looking to, to bash them okay i mean hey i was catholic for like 18 years you know before i do what i do now but before you um, sold your soul to the devil. I'm kidding. But <laughs> the devil made me do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came and he shared a casserole with me. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, why, why this topic always seems to come up in our conversations or like, yeah. just, like on the channel? I mean, it, it I don't know. But I, I guess I guess we're looking to you know compare it to something, and that's you know the situation to something, and and I mean we're it just, just happens. I mean a lot of the a lot of the guests on this podcast were like recovering Catholics for many years. Like that's the thing, you know what I mean? Just I'm not, but I, I mean a lot of people I know were so, but um. Turning the subject to another subject, sure. Whatever, whatever I just said, that, that if it made sense, um, possession. So Christians do talk about possession. They really actually do. You know, like they, mm -hmm. um, there are many cases where they would mention Holy Spirit possession. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, many cases. Yeah, yeah. They talk about. Um, possession with spirit being spirit filled uh able to do certain works things like that so regardless i think regardless of what religion a person's into like invocation let's just say invocation is a very common theme in a lot of religions 
lot of organized religions you know mm -hmm. even buddhism you know there's certain chants that you that you can do you know i mean in buddhism though there's no real worshiping i mean that's a whole other subject i can get into some other time like what what does it mean to worship but um as far as possession goes i mean i would think that like i'm not saying that any spirit wants to wants to possess but i think most spirits are capable of possession or capable of possessing you know um but it, it probably depends and i'm gonna and again i'm no expert in this field i'm just talking about uh a few things i've read a few things i've witnessed with my own eyes and stuff you know like the the vessel the person themselves as a vessel has to be open to wanting to get this that kind of spirit in them inhabiting them on a certain level a certain frequency you know if that makes sense mm -hmm. even like even like psychedelics you know you can take like a person could take ayahuasca and just like my like i have myself you know and they will you know their 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 pineal gland will be open completely open you know pumping a lot of dmt so that's the physical level and then on a spiritual level i guess you could say their their spirit eye you know i don't like to call it the third eye just spirit eye whatever um they can see other realities or other layers of reality i should say you know and then um you know knowledge or you can get some kind of gnosis from things like that you know so, right yeah 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 if your pineal gland is open you should be able to see and inherit spirits uh, uh, entities a little bit more as well and that's like the that's like a big that's uh that develops a lot for for us you know as um magicians you do like a lot of evocation yeah uh, if you're doing a lot of evocations um calling spirits into physical manifestation or whatever then um your third eye not not only does your pineal gland or your or sorry not only does your third eye open up and you develop uh, clairvoyance, but you also uh, develop their audience, which is to hear them. Um, usually they develop together. Um, but there's a lot of people that say, well, you know, I did an evocation, spirit appeared before me, but I didn't hear them speaking. Or they might say that the speech was distorted or something like that. And that's just, um, again, on that frequency, you have to just kind of like keep working on it. Eventually, that um, kind of evens out, you know what I mean? And uh, it's the, the more you work, not only just with that spirit, but just doing more evocations, the clear audience and the clairvoyance kind of finds an equilibrium between the two. And then it's like you're, you're seeing them and you're actually hearing them in mm -hmm. actual time at that point, rather, rather than like their speech being distorted. So, um, yeah, that's that's a benefit of, of being like evocations or stuff like that and and there's other there's other forms of uh psychic um abilities that come with doing more evocations as well so so would you say that like so like let's just say there's some noobs out out here listening to this some people who are like kind of new at this uh stuff would you recommend starting with invocation first and then go to evocation or does it just just a does it just depend on what their what the magician is trying to achieve 
like, you know, what would you recommend for someone who wanted to kind of open up more to safely to, to spirit, spirit kind of work? I think, I think most people are probably more, more familiar with the idea of invocation because, you know, again, if, if you've been in any type of other religion uh, or, you know, some type of practice before this, I mean, everybody knows what an invocation is. I mean, it's basically like a prayer to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I would say that most people, they're, they're more familiar with that. So it's probably easier for, for them to start with that. I, I, I think it, it probably, um, you, you, don't get me wrong. You never have to like evoke anything in your, in your, uh, magical career. Nobody's saying that you have to evoke an angel or a demon or anything like that. I'm sure that there are people who go like their entire magical career without doing an invocation whatsoever and completely do invocation prayers and, and regular rituals. So, I mean, it's possible. Mm-hmm. So I think it probably just depends what you want, maybe what you want to experience as that practitioner. And, you know, at that time, um, a lot of people say that I think, you get more gnosis out of, you know, that you might get more gnosis out of evocations. You get more, more of that experience dealing with that particular spirit, especially if you do it a lot more. Um, <laughs> for instance, I know like in, in the Goetia, if you like work with uh, Boone, who I think is a 26 spirit, you know, he deals a lot with like bringing in money and wealth and stuff like that into your life. But you work with him like enough he actually starts teaching necromancy to you. He'll start teaching necromantic rites to you, you know, and that's that's only something that you get by working with him like over an extended period of time. So if that's something that you want to experience or you want that type of knowledge, obviously, you know, working with them and working with Boone at that point would, you know, might be beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That definitely, that, that definitely does make a lot of sense. I know for uh, for myself, like back in the day, uh, I mean, I still do martial arts on a regular basis, but there was a time when I was gifted uh, a a St. Michael rosary and I would like call in that energy a lot and it helped me to, I felt, I felt like it helped me to get faster at what I was doing to kind of learn certain I was like learning different forms and stuff, you know, and I, I have felt I felt like it was helping me to learn uh, different martial art forms and stuff that I haven't done before, you know, like more complex, more complex ones and whatnot. I don't know. That's just what. <laughs> that would probably make sense considering if I mean, if we're talking about Archangel Michael, that would probably make sense because, I mean, he is a protector. So I mean, if if you look at it, martial arts could is could you know is it very well falls within that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that would make sense, you know, why you would probably yeah. um, be learning stuff more easily at that point or, yeah. even more, or even more complicated forms. Yeah. I just remember that I was learning, I was learning a, a couple of particular forms of martial arts and they were like just a lot of, a lot to memorize and, 
Uh, I mean, I've always been kind of kinesthetic anyway, able to kind of get the muscle memory pretty good, but these were like moves I have never done, like certain things I've never done. And I would like kind of in invoke uh, that kind of fiery kind of solar energy through Michael at the time. And um, I would go, go to work and go work out and go do it. And, and it was, it came a lot easier for sure. Like noticeably easier for me. What not? Huh. I mean, I don't call it possession, but I just call it <laughs> invocation. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would like to do a future episode on necromancy in, in like the very, very near future as well. That's something else because, like, in this discussion that we've had, um, You've helped me conjure up, no pun intended, some memories <laughs> of the Ouija board and people that I I have known in my past that were or are necromancers. It doesn't hunter isn't that hunter's field? Yeah, yeah, that that definitely is hunter's. That's more of hunter's field. Yeah, for sure. He's he's a he's a he's, a, he's a very much into into that into like working with ghosts and spirits and stuff like that stuff that like me i'm like i don't even like ghosts man uh, to me they, they're annoying things you know like I don't, <laughs> yeah like some of those videos that i shared with you then you'll, you'll be like holy shit oh i, I want to check i want to check them out i really i really i'm definitely going to check those videos out for sure you know but it, it, it's kind of funny you mentioned about the necromancy thing because i just had a, a guy uh, message me on my on my channel yesterday and he was talking about how, I guess, like the last, like, like maybe like the last year or so, he's been, he's been working and he's picked up a couple of books that I'd recommended. And he's like, well, he's like, well, I, I, I come from, you know, this other faith link, you know, and now I'm, <laughs> I've changed and then, you know, my, my view of demons have changed and whatnot. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not openly against it like I like I was before, and I'm, I'm actually more accepting of it. And um, he's been working he's been working pretty good. And he says, uh, "Can you recommend some books on necromancy to me?" And I was like, "Like I really haven't done necromancy." And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." I was like, "You know, Bald.co has a couple books on necromancy." <clears throat> And uh, uh, Michael W. Ford, um, he has a couple books on his site. And I want to, I'm trying to think of what the name of that necromancy style is. Uh, um, Arab, Arab Maic? That, that Michael W. Ford does? Yeah, it's like a Hecatean necromancy style. So, um, so yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it's on his uh, site, a Luther, uh, Luciferian, Luciferian Apotheca. Um, is it uh, is it called Maskim Whole Babylonian Magic? Mm. Oh, Necromancy and Magic of Hecate. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Well, well, that would that would make sense though because she's like, yeah, she's the mother of witches and all that kind of stuff. You know that that would definitely make sense. Okay. Huh. But you know, I kind of like shot those like you know to him, and then I I I was like, I think Hunter's a I think Hunter's a necromancer. You know, does necromancy. So I kind of yeah. like you know, shared yeah. his. I kind of shared his channel in the post too. I was like, you might want to check out this guy. You know, you know he does like necromancy, um, and uh, and then I haven't heard back from him yet. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's it, it, it's not. I guess it's not for everybody. So <laughs> yeah, Hunter, Hunter, I definitely would classify him as a uh, necromancer slash blood magician for sure. But would you would you consider like uh, media, mediumship, right? You know, like in the New Age community, they talk about mediums and people. I mean, that I, that was like really big in the early two thousands. I remember, you know, they were like, ten, yeah. like early nineteen hundreds or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, that could be considered a form of spirit possession too, right? Like people kind yeah. of, yeah, like Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost. <laughs> Sam wheat, you know, in her body and all that shit, you know, like her <laughs> Molly, you gotta get out of here. <laughs> you know, like that, like that's a I think that I think that movie kind of introduced me to that when I was younger, you know, like that kind of made me like it kind of scratched the surface for me for that, you know. But um wait, you say ghost? Is I thought that was a Patrick Swayze. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, the movie, the movie Ghost, because you know, I was, I was young when I saw it. It made it. I didn't know what a medium was before that movie. After that movie, it was like, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Whoopi you know. Goldberg was in that uh, in that movie. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally. I, I'd seen it like years and years ago, and then I, I just, uh, I'm kind of like reminding me of it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm referencing that though because it. it it technically can be a form of of spirit possession though like mediumship channeling um which makes me wonder though because like there's a lot of work um, out there that people have published in a market for centuries that was uh said to be channeled messages you know like one of them one of them that just came to my mind just now was uh, the arantia i don't know if any of the listeners even know what that book is it's a the Arantia is a book that has no author to it, per se. It was believed to be channeled, and Arantia was... Um, it's like, you can buy it in New Age stores. I, I believe it's... And don't laugh, anybody. I believe it was actually originally published out of Illinois somewhere. Possibly Chicago. You know, so not ancient Babylon or ancient Mesopotamia, but here in the U.S., <laughs> But um, it, it's supposedly like this channeled information, like these Atlantean like entities, someone channeled and gave them information about the history of the planet of planet Earth, which the Earth's name was Arantia. So that's I'm not familiar with that one. I'm I'm trying to think of an author though that now that you mentioned um that was I want to say last name was Hicks. Abraham Hicks. Is it Abraham Hicks? Yeah, Abraham X, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they uh, they talk about like how they channel like an alien. They channel like an alien uh, intelligence to 
uh, share information with them. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Abraham is Abraham from uh, is a collective. Uh, I've seen some of the videos on YouTube like years ago, like back when YouTube was still new. Uh, yeah, Abraham, so Esther Hicks, yeah, Esther Hicks, yep, and um, Jerry Hicks was her husband, but he, he had passed away some years ago. But um, yeah, so yeah, so she shares information on the law of attraction, and yep. Abraham was a collective group of like non physical entities. I don't know where they're from, if they were supposed to be from another planet or just another frequency somewhere, but uh, she channels them, so yeah, that, that's another that could be technically another type of possession you know she would channel she would relax her her body and this intelligence would get in her and then she would just kind of go off and give answers to people like really really impressively quick responses that were unrehearsed <laughs> you know right yeah because you always worry about people who are you always hear about the uh um like what was that uh you sometimes like see these programs every now and then. Um, I can't remember that one guy that was on back like early two thousand that like had a show like that. And yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Like he was like a shyster though, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't hear anything about it. I kind of like watched it a few times, and but you know, you always have these people that are trying to debunk it. You know, like, oh, he's got a earpiece in his ear. You know? Yeah, yeah. Somebody on the other end looking stuff up on you know Wikipedia, whatever, and it's, um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Now I see, I think I've seen one or two people on Gaia TV concerning that. Um, I I kind of tuned away though because I, I, there was like other other series i wanted to watch but um it's kind of funny you mentioned the law of attraction because i think the law of attraction is actually a dumbed down version of chaos uh we're gonna have an episode when i say we i mean um damian james from the chaos vibration announcement folks (laughs) he will be uh, we, we will be doing a podcast episode this coming week uh, all about that, about the chaos magic and the law of attraction, because that's like his that's like his big field. Um, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you that I think that I think that the law of attraction is essentially the uh, one of the seven hermetic principles. And it's probably a more rudimentary version of that. You know, like mm-hmm. how you have like the principle of rhythm, vibration, attraction is one of the hermetic mm-hmm. laws. Absolutely. But a lot of people are, are not aware of that because they don't, you know, it's just the secret yeah. is more popular than the ancient hermetic <laughs> principles themselves, I guess, in the mainstream. Well, I, yeah, I, I did a short video on that on my channel. I was like, are you using the law of attraction or are you using chaos magic? And I kind of explained that. I was like, if you look at it, if you put them both side by side, exactly what steps you're doing in order to, you know, for your for your end outcome, they're exactly the same. Yeah, you're just you're finding out what what your lack is and why you're why having that lack in your life is causing a problem. You find something to represent that. In chaos magic, we use a sigil. In law of attraction, people are just cutting pictures out of a book, which I mean. Out of a magazine, it's like, hey, I want that watch. They just cut mm-hmm. the picture out. That's their sigil. 
you're going through that process of creating emotion, wanting that experience. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, visualizing that experience, putting emotion into that, and then it basically taking the steps that you need to do in order for that to manifest in some way. So, I mean, right, really, right. It's, all, it's all the same thing. It's just right, that you're writing right. pictures of a magazine instead of using the sigil. So, yeah, and, and also, you know, like, uh, you know, I mean, let's just face it, you know, like when people say magic, a lot of things come to their mind that are unholy. <laughs> you're not supposed to practice magic. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's 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 still even 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 in this age that we're in right now, where information is definitely open, it's still quite a bit taboo. Like I, I don't know the percentage, but uh, man, I'm bringing up Christianity a lot tonight. Excuse me, folks. <laughs> um, but there's still like a large portion of Americans, and this is Steve and I live in the United States. People, we don't live in Canada. Um, although he's half Canadian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, we live in the United States, so um, just in case you're wondering or you even cared, but but there's a lot of uh, Americans that that identify as Christian, you know, by default because they're, you know, standard issue when they were born, they were born into that. So, well, that's what yeah. that's what that's what they're always being fed. It's like if you you know this is. That's what our society is fed into, basically. Yeah. So this is how you're supposed to act, and you know they're always they're always trying to tell people how they're supposed to act. Right. You know, how about you just let me live my life? You know? Oh God, I, you know what, man? I, I think I'm gonna have to do an episode an episode on, on Christianity and have you and Benini from the Primordial Chaos Channel come on. <laughs> and it, it's probably gonna get me banned from like a lot of people from Facebook, but. <laughs> It's fine. It's okay, man. It wasn't meant to be, I guess. <laughs> Anywho, um, I had a great time, man, chatting with you about yeah. this stuff. It was really cool. And, you know, you gave me a lot of ideas. I'm going to check out those links. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Steve Lamothe and I chat about spirits, spirit possession, Ouija boards, Christianity. The Exorcist, <laughs> all the above things, and there will be more um, because I I like having them on, and I'm gonna have to have you on again soon. Always, always, yeah. Cool, man. Um, I, check I, out. I really, I really want to get in on that other that other part of uh, what you guys did, like the other. Oh, the panel discussion. Yeah, the panel discussion with uh, spirit uh, spirit work and. Uh, well, yeah, well, um, I'll you know we'll set that up for sure. You know, for anybody listening, we had a that previous episode that was the Lords of Chaos, which the Lords of Chaos is a panel. Um, we don't write books. Uh, we have a Facebook group though, but um, maybe we should write books in the future. <laughs> we can write a book called "How to Do Chaos Magic from the Lords of Chaos." I don't know, I'm kidding. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah. So I, th I think I think that's a good idea, though, having like another panel discussion because I, you know, I do want to have a part two to that discussion, and we get Andrea Vitimus back on and 
have you come on and get Giovanni back on and get Hunter, just a whole gang back on again, you know? Yeah. That'd be yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, because I, I missed that, and because I know you guys did it in the middle of the week, and I was, you know, working my third shift job. And, yeah, uh, yeah, we understand, I'm man. I'm going to contribute to that, man. Like, <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. I mean, we we set that up. But uh, before I go, I want to go ahead and say thanks for to, to anyone, to everyone listening and supporting this podcast. It means a lot to me, and I've been getting a lot of good feedback lately. A lot, a lot more listeners have been coming on, and people have been messaging me and everything. And I say thank you for that. Uh, if anybody is interested in getting into spirit work, I would just urge you. I'm not an expert, but I would just say uh, be cautious. <laughs> Do not try and invoke something that or evoke something that you're not ready, whatever that is, you know, just kind of go with your conscious and study, always learn, always research, always be willing to be wrong. It's my message. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. And check out Steve's channel at S Lamoth. On YouTube, uh, can you spell that? I'm not good at spelling people's names. Uh, S space L A M O T H E. The E at the end of it. That's what got me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. check out his check out his channel. He does a he's he's done some really cool videos on Gallery of Magic book reviews. Uh, I think your your latest video is about Satan. All right. Well, well, no, I did I did a two parter on how I feel that. Satan is a made-up concept, and I kind of, you know, went through Christianity. Actually, my latest video is I did an unboxing ritual with the uh, Suntuak uh, coin that I got from jazzgarrett.com. And uh, that was just like a little short 16 or 17-minute video. And, uh, yeah, yeah Suntuak is an actual very interesting uh, demon to work with. He's actually one of the Generals under Azazel, and he's uh, if if you work with Boone, then you know Sinchwak would be like probably like a couple steps above that because not only does he bring you money and wealth and abundance, but Sinchwak is also about bringing prestige to you. So, um, like if you're like a like a new artist, like I, I I recommend like for instance if you're a new artist, nobody knows about you. You're trying to get out there. You're trying to get discovered. Suntalak would probably be like your next, like your best bet because he's going to help you get known, and he's also about building an like an empire um, out of basically nothing. It says that you know when he when he was here before the Infernal Empire, and the reason why the Infernal Empire became that what it is is through Azazel's vision and the will of Suntalak. So um, if you're looking to build a, an empire, basically, um, and a lot of people, you know, want to get, want to be known, you know, you, you have, you have to get discovered nowadays. If, if you're uh, like a salesperson and you have an Amazon store or something like that, you can't have a business and not be discovered. You have to, you know, you have to be found. So soon to be your, you know, best bet for that. And he, he does appear in the book of Azazo, um, which is written by E.A. Coetting. Um, so that that's an option. And I know a couple 
uh, practitioners that will actually do um, rituals for hire that will evoke Suntalak in your favor for you to help you out. So. Cool. Fascinating. Learn so much more. They're not cheap, they're not cheap rituals. <laughs> oh, they're not? Okay. Well. <laughs> but that's, that's one of the reasons why I got the coin, because the coin, they have an introductory price on it. And okay. to, me, to me, it's like, you know, if you don't have Suntalak on your side, you're leaving money on the table. So, Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Nice, man. Thanks for mentioning that, though. Yeah, so check out, check out the channel, everybody. And I think the next episode should be Damian James. We're going to talk about chaos magic and modern mythos and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I will see you next time. Okay. Peace. Peace. Oops.